Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you in church today. I hope you are doing well. Ken is still outside. I just wanted to welcome the people who came back from Uganda. Steve is here. You can see him. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, Ken is outside. Uh, we're going to hear from, from you, Steve, today, uh, something about Uganda. And then we're going to have also a proper presentation, uh, maybe in a couple of weeks' time, with all the pictures and everything. Uh, but yeah, we're happy to see you back. We've been praying for you. And we're looking forward to hear the good things that, you know, God has done through you in Uganda. And as well, I want to just to send uh, love and greetings from uh, the students at the IBTI. Yesterday, we managed to, um, a group of people, it was not nine of us from the church, we managed to take part uh, at their graduation. Uh, it was a lovely, absolutely lovely moment uh, that we went to a church service first. Um, the graduation service, and we just spent time with them, and then we, we went to the college to celebrate. There was some food there. Uh, and of course, especially for me and Anna, every time we go back there, we spend seven years of our life between being students and being staff members. Um, so is, uh, is so many memories. Um, I, I was, uh, yesterday I was saying, we actually, uh, we're approaching now seven years that we are here in Brandon, so we spend the same amount of time that, that we spend there. So it's always wonderful for us to go back and to see old friends and old, you know, people that uh, we have known for years. But they send love and greetings. Uh, we had a lovely time. We prayed for the students. Uh, there were all in, eight of them all in fire for the Lord. Um, a couple of them are going to stay behind at the college to help out for the next uh, academic year. Uh, but most of them will go back to their countries, Italy, Spain, um, and, um, and a third country that I forgot. Uh, but, you know, they're all in passion and in fire for the Lord, and they're looking forward to start doing something uh, for God. Uh, it was so they send love and greetings. We had an absolutely an amazing, an amazing time. What I was thinking is today, um, you know, we're going to, as you can see, I'm on my own here. <laughs> so Rob is away. Um, he, uh, he, he, he's going to be away for a couple of weeks, uh, this week and in two weeks' time. Uh, so we're going to have, as usual, some uh, music playing um, and we're going to worship the Lord together. We're going to take communion together. And I just want to encourage you, uh, as we approach God this morning, just, you know, uh, focus on Him. You know, if you've got any load in your heart, if you've got any worries in your mind, uh, the Bible says not to be worried about anything, but to pray instead about everything. And I want to invite you to just to pray, to open up your heart, your life, and to unload before the Lord, you know, whatever is a burden is in your heart. Whenever I've got a burden in my heart and I pray and approach the Lord, I literally picture myself going in front of him with a wheelbarrow full of stuff <laughs> and, I, and I picture myself doing this, this say, Lord, bah, bah, bah. Here, here is all my, all my concern, all my worry, and I just throw them in front of the cross of Jesus Christ knowing that he knows better than I know and that I can trust him fully, that he has good plans for, for my life and so is for your life. Lord God, you are a wonderful God. We thank you because we belong to you. We thank you because your plans are perfect and good, Lord God. We thank you because wherever we are, whatever we do, we can always rely on you. We can always rest on you, Lord God. 
And I just pray for how many people are here today and they're carrying burdens in their lives. They're carrying uh, maybe um, preoccupation. Uh, I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to them today, that you will help them to, uh, to process and to work through uh, any difficult time that they may be facing right now, Lord God. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come among us. Lord Jesus, as well as we're going to take communion, uh, you know, we want to remember what you've done for us on the cross, Lord God. We, will, we don't want to give it for granted. We thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us, for paying the price on the cross for our sins, Lord God. It's because of your sacrifice, Jesus, that we can be here today and we can worship your name. So we are thankful and we praise you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it was uh, this reckless love that Christ had for us that moved him to give his life on the cross for you and me. We're about to take communion. And I want to invite you, if you are in Christ, meaning if you've given your life to Jesus, if you are a follower of Christ, you know, I would like to invite you to take part to the communion. If you think, oh, I don't deserve it. You know, I'm a child of God, but I don't deserve it because, you know, I'm not perfect. I want to encourage you. Don't worry. Christ has paid exactly, you know, to remove his sin for your life, from your life. So I just want to encourage you to bring this, whatever is bothering you in your life, whatever sin is there, to confess it at the cross of Jesus Christ but still take part on this. You know, I just want to read a few verses um, just to give a bit of context. Um, in, uh, in Matthew 26, verses 26 to 28, uh, is this is a description of, you know, Jesus was having this last supper with his disciples. And he says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's important to proclaim the Lord's death, you know, over my sin. He died for my sin. But as well, you know, until the day he will come back for his church, you know, it was a, a commandment of Jesus, you know, do this in remembrance of me, to proclaim my sacrifice from generation to generation to generation until I will come back for you. So as we take this bread and wine, let's, let us remember what Christ has done on the cross for us, the price that he had to pay for my sin and your sin. Before I carry on with the service, I just want to share something quickly. Uh, I said at the beginning that yesterday we went to the IBTI graduation with a wonderful time. And um, there was something that was said uh, that really, you know, impacted um, my life. And they were speaking at one point during the service about voices, you know, that there are so many voices out there in the world, and some of these voices are strong. Some of these voices are there to scare us, to put us down. For example, this war that is in Ukraine, that's a massive voice coming from, the, from that place of the world is trying to scare you. COVID was a massive voice, you know? And all maybe difficult times that you're going in your life, uh, you're going through in your life, there can be voices. Uh, but, you know, then, you know, what they were saying is like that we as well, as a children of God, we have a voice. 
and which is to proclaim the goodness, the greatness of God. We have a voice that needs to be heard. And I just want to encourage you as well. You actually are a voice. You're not just yourself. You're not just a, a, a human being walking on earth for 100 years or whatever the Lord will give you to live, but you're actually representing Him. You are a voice that comes from Him. And I want to encourage you, as you walk through life, make your voice loud. Speak to people around you about the greatness of our Lord. Because if you don't speak to them, who else will? Amen? So we have a voice. You know, we are children of God. Never forget that. Now, before we carry on, uh, Steve, would you like to come? Did you know that you were coming? <laughs> I went to Ken. I said, Ken, would you like to share? And he said, ask Steve. <laughs> so if you want to blame someone... Yeah. <laughs> no, just briefly. Don't worry if you haven't prepared anything. Just briefly, something that impacted you. It's good to be back. Yay! But it was good to be there. Because even though you see all the pictures and you see um, what's going on and what's happening in the pictures, being there physically, being with the children, being with the teachers seeing their struggles, uh, how they live. It just impacts your heart. And it makes you really faithful, uh, thankful for what, for what you've got here. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a good time. We didn't get the building finished, but it will be finished. Um, 100 goats, 250 chickens. So on two-story two buildings. So. And we've got some guys in place that are really on the ball. They're on the ball with the pigs, so I'm hoping they'll be on the ball with the goats and the chickens. So pray for Alex and Franco, okay? They're in charge of that part of it. Um, but I'd encourage you, if, if you want to really make a difference in someone's life, it's really worth going. It's really worth being a part. It may just be one day traveling, eight days there, one day traveling. But you can make a big difference in eight days. And, um, and uh, I don't think you'll ever get a reception like you will when you go there. And they're just a joy to be with. And they, you will get so much out of it if you go. So please consider it. Really consider going to Uganda and, and doing some work. Um, Lynn will vouch for me. It's just been such a blessing. Amen. Okay, I've only got actually two, so you're all right. Quick, quick, quick. Uh, so next Sunday is a big day for lots of people. We've got baptisms. Woo, woo, woo. And we've got Colin Cooper. And we're going to have a barbecue church lunch. Come on. So that's going to be pretty straightforward. We'll provide the meat and the rolls and hopefully some chefs. And then we'll just ask you to bring sides, desserts, and drinks, okay? So hopefully we'll kind of round you up this week. We'll give some phone calls, but if you don't hear from us, bring contribution to the barbecue, but not the meat, all right? So we can sort that. Uh, yes, so that is really good, and it's gonna be a great day. Now, for those of you who are gonna be baptized, there's gonna be a short baptism um, course run by the lovely Anna, just to run through, through some things with you after church, about 15 minutes. So grab a coffee, and about 15 minutes later, we'll head out to the side room there with Anna. 
And when you've grabbed your coffee and you are a member, then come back in here because we are going to have the members meeting and do the finances. All right, so I've printed them off. They are pretty straightforward. Not all the kind of technical stuff. It's kind of just laid out quite easily so you can see what's happening and so we can discuss them. And that's only going to be about 10 or 15 minutes. So get your coffees first, have a little social, and then come back in here ready for that if you are a church member. So you know if you're a member, we, you know, you signed the book, you've done the course, etc. Um, that is probably all for me. I haven't forgotten anything. I don't think have I, Sam? No, so short and sweet. We'll do tithes and offerings, and then the children are dismissed. Is there youth? Right, so it's the children are dismissed when we're done our tithes and offerings. And come and see me at the back if you want to give with your card. Just wait for a moment. I can also anticipate you that um, I'm trying to organize uh, for John and Deliana to, to come and, uh, and, and to be guests here, uh, probably looking uh, end of September, beginning of October, um, a date around there. Uh, so uh, I was happy as well. You know, if, if you've been part of this church in some time, you know who they are. And you probably know that Eliana went through some very difficult time. Um, you know, she was, you know, uh, she suffered quite a lot and she almost had to pause for, for an entire year her work at the IBTI. Uh, but it was so good to see her back on her feet. Um, she has been. Uh, actively involved throughout this um, academic year, and she was like uh, yesterday at the graduation. Uh, it was amazing to see her back. Uh, and also, you know, they send love and greetings. Uh, we had, um, uh, when, we sat down, when we sat down to eat our food after uh, the graduation service, it was nice because they organized these tables, and, and each table represented uh, a church that the students visited uh, as an outreach. Um, and of course, they came here. So there was a, our table. It was the Brandon table, uh, with all the pictures that the students have taken here during the uh, the community event that we ran outside. Uh, uh, you know, it was it was it was good. They've got good memories of this place, and uh, they really send love and greetings. Um, yeah. So maybe if there are more people people next year who wants to come, we can hire a minibus and <laughs> we can do like a load. Because it was a good day, uh, Joe, and, Joe and Jeff was the first time for them to come. And uh, Giuseppe and Tina were there, Jordan and Ileana, and um, whom I'm forgetting, and James. Uh, they all had a, a, you know, a very good day. Okay, so let's go through what I've prepared um, for us today. So it's, um, I'm going through a series I started last Sunday, uh, which is like, uh, it's titled Praying Through All uh, Seasons. Um, and... Um, the reason uh, why uh, you know, you know, I'm speaking about this is because the Bible speaks a lot, specifically the book of Psalms, speaks a lot about different seasons that we can experience in life. Um, and uh, there is like other um, you know, theologians, and I mentioned Timothy Keller, he mentioned that Psalm is the language of prayer. It's like because emotions are part of our life, and therefore, when uh, sometimes we go through different moments in our life, we don't know how to pray through these moments. Uh, but the book of Psalms, you know, is like, is there as an example, teaching us how, how to pray when we approach different situations in our life. And uh, as well as said, you know, as an introduction, that depend on your upbring upbringing, uh, you were, you are, generally, you belong to two categories. Either maybe you grew up and your families and the people around you, they were telling you, 
uh, whenever you go through a difficult moment, uh, you should suppress pain, uh, suppress emotions in general. You know, just pretend they're not there, pretend the issue is not there, just keep on smiling and carry on walking. Um, and or the other side uh, is like, you know, they, they gave a lot of importance to emotions. And, and both uh, kind of sides, when you bring them to an, an extreme, uh, you get to a dangerous place because it's dangerous not to pretend that the issue is there, but as well uh, it's dangerous to let the issue or the emotion overcome your life. And that's why Psalm is a very important book for us, because Psalms is like something that sits in between. Psalms is saying, you, you go through situations in life, you should acknowledge them very well, you know, should them clearly mind, but at the same time, you need to know the God whom you believe, and you, you shouldn't let yourself to be run, uh, to, to run dry because you are so much taken by what you are experiencing. And last Sunday, we spoke about uh, praying through fear. So when we, ex- when we experience fear in our life, how do we pray to fear? And we, and we read a psalm when um, David, you remember, he was running away from his son, Absalom, who wanted to uh, really to kill him, to kill his father because he wanted to become king. So it was a very uh, fright- frightful situation for David because uh, there were 12,000 people running after him and he had only 600 men. So literally he was running away. He thought he had lost everything, yeah? So we look into that. Um, and, um, uh, and again, we, we've seen how is, uh, you know, when we go through fearful situation, it's important to um, identify the source of fear. If there is a fearful situation, it's important to acknowledge it, to, um, to identify it, but at the same time, we want to step above it, you know, and to proclaim the greatness of God, just like David uh, did. And today, uh, I want to speak about pain. You know, how do we pray when we go through moments of, of, of pain. And um, if last Sunday we said that um, fear is a very tricking emotion, because you remember what we said about fear. Fear is the first emotion, emotion that we all go through. Uh, maybe you don't remember about it, but the moment you were born, <laughs> you were afraid, because suddenly you went from the nice place of the womb of your mother to breathing air, something new, and you know, you're crying, what's going on? Yeah, fear. And for a lot of people who are not in Christ, fear is the last emotions they feel before they die because they don't know where they are going, yeah? So if fear is interesting. Also pain is quite an interesting emotion because, you see, pain is like, um, um, is difficult to explain. Um, so we, when a lot of you try to speak to the people in the world, the people who do not know Jesus, and they challenge you. Now, if there is a God, why there is so much pain in the world? So you can explain to the people, look, unfortunately, we live in a sinful world. Unfortunately, all what we experience today is the consequences of choices that human did, you know, to walk away from God, and this is the result. But pain becomes tricky when sometimes, when we as Christians, we go through, diff- through moments of pain. Because sometimes the assumption is like, I am a child of God. Everything should be good in my life, which is not, but some people believe that. Uh, Everything should be perfect. Everything should be good. So why am I experiencing this pain in my life? Lord, where were you? And it becomes a bit difficult uh, to explain ourselves, you know, uh, uh, why pain, why we experience pain as children of God. We know that God is good. We know that God can do all things for us. So the question is, why, Lord? If you are good, if you can do all things for us, if you are the all-powerful God, you could have prevented this, you could have saved me from this, and yet here I am experiencing this deep pain. Why is that? 
And, uh, and this is a question that needs an explanation. Because if we don't find an explanation to these questions, a lot of even Christians, they end up losing the grasp of God, of who God is. Because they've got this wrong perception. If God is for me, everything should be good. It should be immune to all these things. And, and when I believe that, the moment I experience pain, that can cause me actually to walk away from the Lord. So it's important to find an explanation, an answer uh, to, to this question. Um, and when we look at the book of Psalms and addressing um, the topic of pain, it doesn't give you an answer that is logical or an answer that, an answer that is theological. Yeah? It doesn't give you any, any of that. But actually, pain in the book of Psalms are expressed through two things. These two words, maybe you're familiar with these words or maybe not. We'll explain them a bit. We'll define them is uh, words of, of lam, lam, lament and protest. Pro, protest. Uh, so it's like, it's not, there is no a logical explanation to what we, what we go through. Uh, there is no, because Psalm doesn't, doesn't tell you, look, this is happening because, or a theological explanation, but actually you see the, the writer of Psalms writing about his moments expressing a lament, a lament or a protest, protest, or protest, how do you pronounce, what is the accent, protest or protest, protest, yeah, there you go, sorry, is my, you know, my Italian still coming through, protest, Um, and um, I've taken one psalm as an example, and and this is the psalm that, it gives the best best example about, above all else in in the entire Bible, about what pain is, and this is Psalm 22, uh, because it's a psalm of David, we don't know exactly the context in which it was written, what, it was, what, what, what David was experiencing when he wrote that psalm. Uh, but it's important because also while David was writing that psalm, he was prophetically speaking about the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah? Therefore, that's why I'm saying that's the best example we can take in the Bible because there is nothing worse than what, what Jesus experienced for my sake and your sake. There is nothing more painful that we can experience in life that will surpass what the pain that Christ had to go through for my sake and for your sake. And that, that's why we're going to take these psalms, the psalm of David. As I, as I said, we don't know exactly the circumstances why these psalms were, was written, but it opens up with, uh, with these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And probably now you're already, if you're a bit familiar with your Bible, you're making a bridge in your mind because these were the exact words that Jesus spoke when he was on the cross. Do you remember? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is what, how David opens up this psalm. My God, why, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this was David. The anointed king of or king uh, that was appointed by God to become king over Israel, that you know the, the one that fought battles after battles for the Lord, he saw victories after the victories and miracles after miracles. You know he was you know a very important king. You know uh, mostly for throughout his time he was a very wise king. Uh, you know beside messing up like we we, we seen last Sunday. But this, so this is the man we are talking about, an important man, what we will compare today with an, a man of faith, a man who is very navigated um, in knowing the person of God and experiencing God in his life. And yet he opens up this psalm by saying, by saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
So we didn't know, as I said, what he was experiencing. But whatever he was going through, it was so painful that brought him to the point to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And maybe sometimes you ask this question to the Lord. He said, My God, my God, why am I going through this? Did you forsake me? Did you forget about me? What's going on in my life? This is how he opens up this psalm. And uh, we're going to look together into that. And, um, but it's interesting to see the pattern of this prayer, of this song. Um, because you see, when we go through uh, human, as a human, when we go through pain, we start from the assumption that God knows what I'm going through. God knows what I feel. So when I pro- approach God in a moment of pain, I approach him with a number of requests. I approach him by saying, you know, I'm going through this, Lord, therefore, could you do this? Because if you do this, I'm sure I will feel better. And we start drawing plans ourselves before God for, to imagine how things should go in order for us to get out from that painful situation that is crushing us. This is often has, uh, what we think as people. But here in Psalm 22... It's a completely different approach. Like I said before, uh, David is using a, a lament or a protest to, um, you know, when he was speaking to the Lord. And I want to define these two words so that we know what we are speaking about. A lament is a passionate expression of grief and sorrow. And it's not just Psalm 22. It's about, you know, there are many Psalms in the book of Psalms that are um, identified as, as Psalms where Um, laments are expressed. So a passionate expression of grief and sorrow. And then a a protest is not what we imagine as protest, like what's going on in France, for example, now. People in the street destroying things around uh, and and doing crazy things. But it was like more like a questioning. You know, it's like a protest in that sense. It's like a protest that starts from a base of, I've got a relationship with you, therefore I've got something to say. Can I say something? Because I know you. You know, so it's not about, you know, giving the punches and giving the, you know, um, and being mean to each other. But it's like, you know, I, I can I ask you just a few questions? Really, I don't understand here. You know, protest, yeah? And this is what Psalm, how Psalm 22 starts. It's quite long Psalms, but we will try to move quickly uh, through, uh, through it. So in Psalm 22, the first 31 verses, sorry, the first 22 verses, uh, no, sorry, the, uh, 31 verses speaks about, um, 30, 31 verses is the number of verses in the psalm, and 18 of them is about David uh, lamenting and protesting to, the, to God. So pretty much more than half of that, 18 out of 31, is, is dedicated to David um, protesting and, and uh, lament, lamenting, expressing lament to, to the Lord. So we start with this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so, so, uh, so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. And this is like, David was expressing basically, I feel alone. I cry out to you every day. Where are you? I cry out to you every night. Oh, you don't answer me. And I've got this pain in me. I feel alone. Have you abandoned me? Where are you, God? And as I said, sometimes as Christians, we might go through these moments when, when we go through painful moments in our life. 
You know, some moments can be more painful than others. You know, we go through these moments of difficulty where we, we question things. You know, we, we hear, like I said, so many voices speaking out from the situations around us. And we feel like, God, have you abandoned me? Have I done something, Lord? Maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe, you say, is it because of me? Why am I in this situation? I remember uh, when Joshua was born, you know, the story of my children, they were, both were born premature, but Joshua came by surprise um, because we didn't know about this condition that Anna had. Um, and while for Jane, because she knew what she was suffering, we were prepared and we were better equipped to face the, the birth of Jane. But for Joshua, everything came from, as a surprise. It came prematurely. We didn't know that what Hannah was going through. Um, and um, uh, so because he came so early, uh, his lungs were not fully developed, and uh, he struggled to breathe. He had to be in oxygen. He spent, um, eight, I don't know how many weeks, uh, two months, three months in the um, intensive care. He was uh, just ab above a kilogram. He could fit in one hand, in my, the palm of my hand. It was very tiny, very small. And um, when the doctors, you know, uh, she went to a C-section, Anna, they've taken Joshua out, and um, he couldn't breathe properly. It took a few seconds before, before he started to cry. So there was a bit of concern, and um, I wanted to hear a um, voice of, um, I wanted to hear the doctor saying to me, everything is going to be fine, right? So I asked, and he's going to be all right? Yeah, is it going to be all right? Tell me that. And the doctor, of course, you know, he, he does his job. He said, he had to be honest. He said, we're doing our best, but we don't know. And that moment when she said that, I felt, I'm going to lose him. Because, you know, there was serious concern. I don't know what was going on. And I felt, and I, for a moment, I said, Lord, what are you in this? I was serving God at the college as a volunteer, dedicating my life to the Lord. Uh, given all what I, I could give to God, you know. God knows the sacrifice and, and all the things that we, we, you know, we were, you know, going, going through as we were serving Him. And I said, why? Why is this happening to me? It was for a moment I felt almost abandoned, almost like, have I done something? Where are you, God? I felt perhaps a bit like David here. But there are other moments, you know, sometimes we lose someone that is dear to us. Why, why does this happen? He, she should have not gone. She was too young. She was too young. Why did this happen to me? Where are you? Or sometimes we do other situations, painful situations. You know, life can be sometimes very cruel, very painful. Why is this happening to me? This is how David opened this, this psalm. God, why have you forsaken me? Why am I going through this? I call, I call out for you and I, I cannot hear you. And then in verse 3, there is like, there's two things that are happening here. He acknowledged something about God, but as well, there is almost a word of protest in that. Because it says, after saying, my God, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I, I find no rest. In verse 3, said, yet... So this word means it's connected with the first bit. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In, in you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and they were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. So here, David was acknowledging something about God, something about the history of Israel. He was remembering about the greatness of God. But you see, sometimes when we go through these difficult moments, 
the fact that we remember who God is becomes almost a protest because we're saying, I know you set out the people of Israel, you, you've done great things, and you know, it could be the same thing for us. You provided you know, so many times for me. You saved me. You've done this and that. I've seen you doing these things for other people, but why somehow I'm experiencing this? So it was both here. David was acknowledging something, some truth about God, about the history, how God stepped in into the history of the people of Israel, how he showed his mighty power. But yet, it was in the context that David was going through a painful moment, so painful that he was saying, God, have you abandoned me? So it's like, you know, it's like the sweet and sour, if you want. I know that you're good. I know that you can. And yet... I'm experiencing this excruciating pain. And then in verse 6, he switched back and he keeps on with a lament, a lament. But I am a worm and not a man. I mean, what words there? Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insult, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. It's like, again, but I am, I'm not a man, I'm a worm. I mean, how was David, you know, although here, you know, you need to pay attention to something. David, he was prophetically speaking about the sacrifice of Jesus. But it's not that when, while he was writing this psalm, he was, not, he was not going through what we read. This is not how Bible inspiration works. It's not that suddenly David started to write about something that, you know, would have happened. He didn't even know about how, you know, exactly the, the death of Jesus would have, well, the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah would have pan out. So he was writing something that he was experiencing in his life. And without knowing it, prophetically, he, would have, he was writing something about Jesus. So keep that in mind. David was really experiencing what we read here. The great King David. I am a worm and not a man. He was the greatest king of Israel. And yet he said, I am just a worm. I'm not a man. It's like I, every, everybody makes fun of me. Everybody is saying, yes, you trust in the Lord. But now I'm going through this pain. What are they thinking about me? And sometimes as well, we go through the th same things. We, we profess our faith and people around us, our families and friends and colleagues, they know that our hope is in Christ. You know, and then when we go through difficult times, we, if we're not careful, we think, well, what are they going to think now about me? They know that I trust in you and now they see me suffering in this way. You know, it adds up to the suffering and to the pain that, that he was feeling like mocked and not understood. He felt alone. He felt that no one was there with with him. And then in verse 9, it switches again from a lament to a word of protest. protest. And he keeps on, he focuses again back on himself. He said, yet you brought me out of the womb. You may be trusting you even on my mother's breast. From, from birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. David was saying, look, and yet, you know, I'm going through this, and yet, you know, you are the one who created me. You are the one who fed me. You know, you've been always with me. You've been my God. So it was, again, it was a word of protest here. You know, it's like, you've been always with me. My life belongs to you. You are the one who gives me life. But in the context of this psalm, it was a lament. He was saying, Lord, why? Why am I going through that? And then verse 11, he switched again back to, lament, to a lament. It says, do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. 
Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of, of Bashan, uh, Bashan uh, encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouth wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to, to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a, like a, a, a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dog surrounds me. A pack of villains encircles me. They, they, they pierce my hand and my feet. All my, all my bones are on display. People are on the glow over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for the, my garment. Again, he was speaking prophetically about what happened to Jesus. But at the same time, this is what he was experiencing in his life. Do not be far from me. The enemy is surrounding me. I don't know what to think about all this situation. So painful. Lord, why? Why have you abandoned me? So to recap the first 18 verses of this psalm. It's like some strong words we said. David felt abandoned by God. Verse 2. There was like no humanity was left in him. In him. He was like a worm. Like he was drained off. He, feel, he, feels drained. He, feel, he felt drained off all of his strength. Have you ever experienced that? That you feel completely drained off. By a certain situation. In verse 2. In verse 6. It was not understood by the people. Instead they were mocking him. Oh you. The one who trusts in God. Look at you now. And nobody was. And he was surrounded again by enemy. Nobody, there was nobody there to help him. Help him. Uh, in verse 11. And the enemy was surrounding him. So this was the first. The first part of his, his prayer. His song to the Lord. And then very briefly in verse 19, just, just three verses with three simple requests. So mind this, he's going through a terrible pain. The, the, the more, the, the, you know, the, something extremely painful. And yet for 18 verses, his prayer was about expressing his feeling to God, complaining. And then in verse 19, but you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. This was a request, right? Deliver me from the sword. Another request. My precious, lies, my precious, precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me. Third request. From the mouth of the lions. Save me. Fourth request. From the, from the horns of the wild oxen. And then the Psalms change again. And we're going to see how it changes you know, from verse 22 onward. But until now, the first 21 verses... Uh, what, what, what can we learn? Then when we go through a difficult moment, through a painful moment, speaking, we are speaking about pain. It is actually important that we spell out to the Lord what we feel. Don't skip this part. It's, it's like when we, when we speak about pouring out ourselves before the Lord. He can take that. Do not be afraid to offend Him. He knows what he, you're going through. He can take that. He can take much more than what we think. In fact, we cannot even quantify how much he can take. So it's important to, to spell out your pain. It's important to, to, you can question God. There's nothing wrong. You say, Lord, why am I going through this? Where are you, God? You know, it's, even if, it's interesting because even when you look uh, in modern psychology, they, this is exactly what they say. <laughs> You know, when you want to, when you go through difficult times in life, it's important that you speak about them, that you process them, 
before you can actually start the healing process, you know. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, this is more of psychology, but the Bible, we know, it was there since the beginning, right? Uh, and we know what, you know, this is what David was doing. He was just spelling out, giving details, you know, to the Lord about what he was feeling. He was expressing his grief. He was expressing what he felt, the, the, how he felt. There was, not, there, is not, there was no point for him to hide, you know, to hide himself. In fact, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you something. If you really are here today and you're saying, I've got a relationship with God, then you shouldn't be afraid to express grief and pain to the Lord. It's quite the opposite. When you are not able to express an emotion that you're going through, that means that there is a problem in that relationship. You know, I need to be able to express my emotions even to my wife and my wife to me when we go through difficult times, you know, to, to speak these things out is so important, you know. And it's the same thing with God. We, you know, when, when we don't understand something, ask the Lord. When we think something is not right, just, you know, say, Lord, why is happening to me? It's fine. You have a relationship with Him. You belong to me, to Him. You can hear, He can hear, you know, whatever you've got to say to Him. Just, you know, pour out, express yourself, just like David did. For 18 verses, it was just about, you know, where are you, God? I feel abandoned. I feel alone. Everybody's mocking me. I lost everything. Where are you? I call upon you. You're not answering. There was the great King David doing this. So why should we not do the same? Yeah? And it's no point in hiding. No point in pretending that the emotion is not there. The problem is not there. No, pro no point in trying to pull your shoulder out and say, yeah, I can do everything. No. We cannot do everything. In fact, we cannot do anything but through God. So there is no point in trying to hide in things, just bring things out. Let's talk to God about what we go through. Because you see, you need to empty yourself from all the grief, from all the pain, until, uh, so that God can start to fill your life up with something different. But if you don't express your pain, if you don't express your feel, your, your, your grief, what happens is that your heart is full, your mind is full. There is no room for God to do anything, anything in your life. There is no space for Him. We go before Him and I'm full of anger, full of grief, full of pain. I don't understand. There is no room. But as we unload things before God, as we spell out to God, as we start this conversation with God, what God does really in this way, He's emptying us. He's taking out our pain. He's dealing with the issue. He's taking care of us and He's making room in our life so that we can actually, you know, experience something good. We can actually start experiencing faith. We can actually start experiencing that there is, that this is a moment, but there is something better coming. And this is exactly what happened to David because suddenly in verse 22, you know, he, he switches from, from a lot of words spent on complaining before God, a few, very few words spent on asking things about God, and now another, you know, massive amount of words about declaring the greatness of God and the faith that he had in God. So we carry on in verse 22. He said, I was, the switch is incredible. If you read it, it's like, whoa, it's like two different people speaking. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All, all you descendants of Jacob, honor, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering or the afflicted one. He was the one who was scorned and afflicted in, the, in that context originally when he was written. He has not despised me, he was saying. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. 
You know, I want to just stop here for a moment. You think that God has forgotten about you, but God sees you. He sees you very well. He knows exactly the pain you're going through. And he's inviting today to just, you know, come on, speak out your pain. Don't pretend that the problem is not there. Speak out your pain. Ask me the questions. What do you, what, you know, there's something you don't understand. It's okay. Speak out to me. You feel surrounded by the enemy. I want to hear. Speak out to me. And I feel God is inviting perhaps some of us here, maybe you're going through pain, to just speak out to the Lord. Ask him why. What's going on? God, what are you? Just pour out yourself before God. Make room for him to work. And then in verse 25, carry on, David. From you, come, uh, uh, from you comes the, the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who, those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the, of the nations will bow before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and the rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down uh, to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to the people yet unborn, he has done it. And I want to add, praise the Lord. Can you see, you know, can you see this, this pattern? You know, it's very different sometimes what we think, how we handle pain. David created room. He unloaded everything before the Lord. And to allow space in his life to see the end, to see that, you know, I will overcome this moment. I know that, God, you are with me. And, you know, when we ask, Lord, why, perhaps we will never come to a place to understand everything. It's impossible. There are so many questions that probably will, ne ne will never get answered while we are alive on, on earth. One day, everything will, will be made clear. One day, we can ask him all the diffi difficult questions, all the uh, questions that are connected to the various circumstances that we found ourselves in. But, you know, sometimes we don't get an answer to our question. We don't have a full answer. We don't understand the reason for pain. But nevertheless, there is hope still for you. There is love still waiting for you. There is still a God who wants to carry on working in your life. Don't let pain and grief stop what God wants to do in your life. You know, Satan wants to put you in a place where you keep everything in yourself. And you don't make room to move. And you will feel slowly that you will be detached from the Lord. And you will still you will keep on walking far away. Everything was started from an emotion. But when you make room to the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't understand. But still, I trust you. I don't understand what's happening. You know, I feel a bit abandoned. You know, make room for God. Create that space in your life for God to work. Because that will actually bring you closer to him. As you express yourself, there is a wonderful depth of relationship when we are able to express our emotions to each other, even among people, you know. It's like we've got different friends in our life. Um, you know, you learn boundaries and different relationships we have got with people. Uh, I remember reading a book, you know, uh, you are in the middle, you're the circle in the middle, and there are different circles around you that get bigger and bigger. And then we can place people in these circles, you know, how, depending how close they are with us, and uh, husband and wife should be together in the center circle, by the way, but it's something else. Uh, but then you've got these circles of people, and 
and closer they are to you, and more you're able to, to be open with them, to express your emotion. That's actually a sign that there is a strong relationship, that there is a strong attachment. So for you to talk to God, even when you go through difficult moments, to ask questions, to, to, to express words of, of lament and protest like David was doing, is fine, it's perfectly fine. It's actually it's the process that is going to heal your life. Because you see, everything builds on each other. You know, it's like unless we, you know, we, we cannot, we cannot uh, ask until we empty ourselves. We cannot ask anything to the Lord until we empty ourselves of, of our pain. And then we, we cannot have victory until we ask. Yeah, so this is exactly what David did. He poured out everything to the Lord. Then briefly, you know, can you help me here in this and that? Very short, very brief, because he knew, he knew that the power of God, he knew the love that God had for him. He knew that God would have eventually stepped into his, his situation. So there was not an issue for him to spend too many time in asking things. And then he moved, you know, and he started to praise in victory what God, what God had done in his life. And I really, is like, Again, it's not a coincidence that this psalm, as I said, was also prophetically speaking about the death of Jesus. Because sometimes, you know, and it's fair enough, you know, we speak to each other, we, we can say to each other, you don't know what I'm going through. And it's, it's, enough. it's true. You know, sometimes, you know, I cannot, I, I, I don't know what it means to lose a child because I never lost a child. I don't know what it means to be to lose, I don't know, there are any examples to go through certain things because maybe I never experienced them. So it is fair among ourselves to say, you know, you never experienced my pain, so how can you talk to me? But you see, this psalm was speaking about Jesus, as I said, the one who went through all the pain. And no matter what kind of pain we may go through in this life, it will never surpass what Christ had to go through for us. Which means that he, whatever you are going through, he understands exactly where you are. He understands he understand exactly what you're feeling. He understands exactly why you want to, pro, uh, to, uh, to, um, uh, to, to express lament and protest to him. He understands you. Jesus did the same on the cross. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus understands you. He sees you. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Um, I just want to, you know, I want to read that verse just to remember you that, you know, God is close to you, you know, and he's invited today not to be afraid, not to let pain overrun your life because he's with you. So the prophet Isaiah writes in verse 10 of chapter 41, 41, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Picture this. The hand of God holding you. Holding your pain. Holding your sorrow. Holding your fears. Holding your question. Holding your lament. Holding your protest. Holding your faith. Holding everything that is about you. He's held in the hand of God. He is with you. There's no reason for us to be afraid. You know, sometimes we, we think he's far. He's not. I always like to say that the things that are, are, the things that are always there are also the things that uh, we give less, that we give more for granted. It's like 
is like air is always around us, right? Oxygen. And yet we don't go around every moment and say, oh, I'm breathing air. Oh, it's oxygen. It's just, we just leave, yeah? And, and the same is with God. He's always with us. Sometimes we may not feel him. We may feel that we are abandoned like David did. Yeah, he did. So we probably, we can go through these moments as well for sure. You know, but that doesn't mean that he's far away from you. He's always there. He understands you. He knows your pain and especially he wants to heal you. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you explain this come to me? How do you picture in your mind this coming to the Lord? I picture it like I said at the beginning. We're a wheelbarrow full of pain, sorrow, and I unload everything before God. I say, Lord, my life belongs to you. I don't understand why. I don't understand perhaps why I'm experiencing certain things. But I know that my life belongs to you. I'm going to, I feel weary. I feel burdened. I put everything in my wheelbarrow. I unload everything before you. And guess what? I'm going to give you rest, Jesus said. This is how a picture come to me. Going to the Lord without filters, without masks, without hiding the pain we're going through. So why don't we all stand? And we just, uh, we're going to close in prayer. And as I said, I just want to invite you. You know, we're just all standing with closed eyes. If you feel that pain in this moment has overrun you, you feel a bit overwhelmed by it, you don't understand certain situations. You don't understand the reasons why. You trust the God. You know God. You know that he can do all things. And yet, you're finding yourself experiencing an extremely painful situation. I just want to invite you to unload this before God. Just like David did. You know, you can symbolically raise your hand. Say, Lord, I want to leave my pain before you. Lord, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand why things happened. But I want to unload this pain before you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. When Christ died on the cross, he took upon himself. All pains, all sorrows. And you see, I don't know where you are in your journey. Maybe you're still in the phase where you are protesting, and lamenting to the Lord. Maybe you're in the phase where you're asking something. Or maybe you're in the phase where you're proclaiming faith and victory over your situation. I don't know where you are. But all these phases are okay. All these phases are important. I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't want to force you to switch from one face to another. But I want to build a hope in you. That you can trust God. That He is close to you. Even if you don't understand the reason why certain things are going or went the way they did. I want to encourage you. Just like David did to spell out your pain, your sorrows. You can do it here. You can do it when you go home. Go in your room. Just speak to the Lord. As 
if he was your best friend. Just open up. Say, Lord God, I don't understand. Where are you? Why didn't you? I feel on my own. Whatever. Just, just you know, empty yourself of the pain and the grief. Make room in your life. Allow God to move in your life. Hallelujah. God bless you.